the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. It's great to be with you today, this day after Independence Day. Hope you had a very good weekend. We'll talk about that uh, in a little bit. You can give me a call and join the conversation. The number is 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. That's 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. SoCalLive at KKLA.com. All right, I got a question for you. Here is the question with uh, all the uh, stuff going on this weekend. I do hope that you had a good time and that you were safe. Um, But obviously, we know from the news that some people weren't safe, and that's still a big part of the news today. I'm curious, did you feel safe last night where you were? Um, And uh, did you, you know, did you feel like every time you heard a loud bang that maybe it was... Uh, gunfire. Is that something that maybe was new? I felt that a little bit. I'll just tell you. I felt uh, I was around a lot of uh, different explosions, fireworks. All of it was fireworks, as far as I know. Um, but I thought about it every time, like every single time. Throughout the weekend, I thought about is that I had to, you know, I really had to think to myself. Most of the time, you can tell. But sometimes there was such a loud bang with a concussion that you kind of feel and you wonder, is that gunfire or whatever? How did you? feel? Did you feel safe at whatever you were doing? I hope that you did. Let me know what you're thinking. 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Obviously, there, is, uh, there was another shooting or several shootings actually over the weekend. I think that there always are. You know, when we look into uh, the details of these shootings that keep happening, you got to be really careful because there's different definitions for what qualifies as a mass shooting. Sometimes they count gang violence. Sometimes they don't count gang violence. Sometimes they count um, domestic abuse. Sometimes they uh, don't. And uh, all of them are you know, equally terrible as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, you know, the statements about um, how much gun violence there is and isn't is uh, – Uh, A little bit confusing when you start to get into how things are classified. They're not always talking about apples and oranges. And we are in a a time where we're focusing a lot of attention on these things. And uh, you have to report it. You have to talk about it. We have to talk about it as a nation. At the same time, um, last year, according to Axios News, last year in the Chicago area, this year, Chicago police said 54 people had been shot over the July 4th weekend with at least seven deaths. Uh, last year it was 19 people died and over a hundred others were shot over the weekend in Chicago, more than twice as many people. That gives you a little bit of perspective. You know, it's not to say, Hey, this year was only half as bad. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. It's all terrible and it's all a continuation of our, uh, nation's problem. I think that is deeply rooted my opinion, in our our lack of moral understanding, our our trip away from God. I think we're having a hard time talking about it and discussing it in any productive way because philosophically we are in a place where we we want to blame the gun or we want to blame mental health, and all of that is okay if you want to go down the path and discuss it. 
But there's something deeply spiritual about this, and it's deeply real. And if you were a part of that parade in Highland Park, Illinois, it was a terrible, a terrible moment. It was, it just, uh, there's some, you know, just, it's just awful. It's just wrecked your day, obviously. 888-528-2557 is the number. I'm wanting to know if you felt safe. Uh, for my 4th of July, I went to, this is my first one in Los Angeles. We just moved up here last week, and uh, we decided, you know what we're going to do? We had a little uh, uh, community party that happened on Thursday, on uh, Thursday, on Sunday, what day was it? Yeah, Sunday, uh, in our neighborhood, and we got to know some of our neighbors, and that went really well. Everybody sat down, and we watched um, Independence Day right in the middle of uh somebody's uh, right in the middle of a pool area. And, uh, you know, that was kind of fun. Uh, I like Independence Day as far as uh, alien movies go because the aliens are just bad. Um, and, uh, you know, they're not here to pronounce some sort of moral judgment on us and they're not morally superior. The angel, the the um, aliens are just bad. They're just here to kill us. Anyway, we decided, though, on the 4th that what we would do is go to the Dodger game. And I got to tell you what, if you've been to Dodger Stadium for fireworks night just in general, it's always really good. I would say next to Disneyland, it's the best fireworks display in town. It really is. And uh, they did not disappoint. It was fantastic. Dodgers won. Great show. And I wanted to say this. It was a great patriotic show. I mean, let's face it. The Dodgers are, you know, corporate, as far as the corporation goes, they lean on that woke side of things now and again. Uh, but they also know who's buying tickets, and some anti-American fest on 4th of July would not have gone over w- well. They had the typical big flag that was all over the outfield. And you know what I enjoyed was my kids, who are—this was maybe the first ball game we went to where they kind of tuned into the game a little bit more than usual. And they're 10 and 13, James and John. I was really happy about that, and we had a good time. And um, they loved the big flag that was out there, and there was a flyover, and it flew right over our head, military flyover. But I think maybe the best thing, and I'm telling you this because in the midst of tragedy, in the midst of the divisions that we have in our, our country, I was glad that we could take some time, even right here in Southern California, to have a great patriotic show. That I don't think it glosses over our, our troubles at all, but I think it was really great. And not only did we just have the typical fanfare and the God Bless America and National Anthem, it was all done well and so, sung by a young woman who was in the Navy, and it was great. She did a great job. And so many service people out on the field, but they also took time to honor some service people. And in particular, there were two or three moments where they were honoring service people. And they honored people who were serving in Afghanistan and particularly at the airport in Kabul last summer uh, during our uh, retreat or whatever you want to call it. And uh, I thought, you know what? That was a terrible thing that happened over there. If you remember last summer, all those lives lost, 13 American soldiers. I think 13. It might have gone up to 14 at one point. 13 is the number that I think people use, but I think it might actually be 14. At any rate, you know, in the midst of that, in the midst of the, all of the policy problems, in the midst of everything that that meant, there's so much to it. Uh, there were still so many heroes. You know, and if you're part of the armed services, you don't have a lot of choice as to where you are or what you're going to do. And you found you're, you're not the one making policy. You're not the one making the decisions all the time about, you know, whether we stay or whether we go or whether we stay at the airport, all those things that were part of that story. You're just there to do your job, and their job was to help save as many lives as they could. And we got to celebrate those people, and I thought that was great. 
I was really happy about that. I was glad that my boys got to see that. I was glad that I was there. And uh, so hooray for the Dodgers uh, and putting that together. Um, that was really, really great. I was really happy about that. And, uh, you know, I got to have conversations with my, my kids about um, what happened in Afghanistan, why we're celebrating these people. Lots of people representing all branches of the service were there. And, you know, I think that was a good thing to do on the 4th of July. In spite of the difficulties that we're having as a country, in spite of what happened in Chicago and uh, some other communities, um, which we need to talk about, we need to look at that, and that was a terrible thing, we still need to celebrate, hey, we have freedom. We have to look at it as we've got a long way to go, that we have some ideals that we are not reaching yet, but that is the, the direction that we need to go. 888-528-2557 is the phone number if you want to join our conversation. 888-528-2557 is the the number. Uh, Getting back to what was happening in Chicago, one of the uh, stories, of course, is is shots rang out in Highland Park, and it was pretty terrible. They're saying now seven people have died. Several others were um, shot. And... Uh, In the big picture of it, um, it's pretty terrible. There's a testimony here from a father who was there, and uh, this is what he had to say when he had to take off running. I thought that it was um, the Navy that was saluting the flag with uh, rifles, but then when I saw people running, um, I picked up my son and um, I started running. I ran to a niche in one of the buildings of the local shops there, and I tried to break the tried to break the glass to get in with my son and I couldn't break it and when uh, the shot stopped again is when we started we decided we had to run so we started shooting again and we ran behind the building and I put my my son in a dumpster and um, he sit there with his dog and uh, I went back to look for the rest of my family I left him with someone there so that I can go back to get my phone and find the rest of my family because uh, they ran away also and um, it was just horrible. Uh, I went back, there was a few people shot on the ground, and there was a little boy that was in somebody's, one of the police officers' arms, and that's, uh, that was the worst experience ever because, you know, all I thought about was my son, and I can only imagine what that family's going through. That was a father who was at the Highland Park uh, shooting. And uh, the question I'm asking right now is, yesterday where you were, did you feel safe for Fourth of July with the the noise is going off with all of the different um, fireworks displays, not just the one that you might have gone to, the legal one, but all of the others that I, I think they must be illegal, right? There's just thousands of them all over town. In fact, I was mentioning I was at the Dodger game and they put up on Diamond Vision a scene of the city around nine ten, nine fifteen, and all around Los Angeles, all over the place are fireworks going off, just kind of everywhere. And you know what? We left... And when you get out of uh, the ballpark, of course, after the fireworks, you you leave the ballpark. That's a scary enough uh, thing to do is trying to drive out of Dodger Stadium. But when we finally get down into uh, the neighborhood, we went out the uh, sunset exit and uh, we drove around for a while. And I'm checking out the town. There were fireworks going off everywhere, left and right side of the street. I mean, I don't even know where people get those things. Uh, Maybe I don't want to know, but uh, they're everywhere. And like going off right next to us, bang, bang, 
bang, you know, and uh, sometimes you see the, the piece of the, uh, the cylinder or whatever goes up and landing in the street. I mean, they were literally right next to us, left and right, all the way through. And, uh, you know, I started thinking, you know, what if it wasn't uh, a firework? What if somebody is shooting? How would I know? Um, and maybe it's just because of what's going on in our country right now. I just I started thinking, is everybody going through this right now? Is everybody sort of anxious every time we hear something go off? We've been we've heard them go off a lot during the night. And, and this isn't really new to us, even though we're in L.A. and San Diego. We had uh, some of that going on, not nearly to the extent here. Apparently, people in San Diego do not have the memo of uh, where to get those fireworks. Uh, but we have had some neighbors who used to shoot automatic weapons up in the air. And uh, one year in particular, there was so much going off that we just had to get into our house. We stayed in our house in uh, what was the dining room area because the bullets coming down, you know, they'll they hit you. And that was the one part of the house where it would have to go through a roof and a bed and another floor in order to get to us. But that was what we thought. I actually have a friend who was hit by one of those and it didn't. She was wounded in the leg, and it's coming straight down, right? So it hit her right above the uh, – right kind of like the calf muscle and just went shot right down into her ankle. Uh, and so just a little note for you, uh, what comes up must go down. You know, I realize that we live in an era where we challenge things like that and challenge notions about what might actually be true. Uh, I assure you, those bullets come down somewhere. And uh, so don't be doing that if you're doing that. 888-528-2557 is the number. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host, 888-528-2557. Uh, I'm curious if you felt safe um, last night during the fireworks, wherever you went. And I hope that you did. I hope that maybe it was just me. Maybe I'm just overthinking it a little bit. But I, I know that in some places um, it didn't go that well. Police said that there were about 12 people injured in a stampede in Orlando, that was caused by the crowd mistaking fireworks for gunfire. And I think it probably just takes one person, right, to yell gun. You're hearing all this banging around and you feel the concussion of it. It's there. And if somebody decides they're going to say, hey, it's a gun, then everybody's going to uh, worry that it is. Uh, reporters said that hundreds of people ran away from the fireworks display and taking cover where they could. And they ultimately said there was no gun. It was just the Orlando Deputy Police Chief Eric Smith uh, told CBS it was just people feeling anxious and somebody thinking that there was a gun and starting to run and everybody started to follow. Uh, and that's what happened. So uh, I hope that wasn't your experience. I hope that you had a really good 4th of July. I hope that um, it went really well for you guys. I have to say in the big picture, we had a good time as a family. And uh, in the back of my mind, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, all of these different things, of course, and uh, watching the news, being on the West Coast, we see these things happen, of course, earlier in our day uh, when they happen back east. And um, anyway, I hope that you had a, a really good day. When we think about the independence of our, our country, there are – we just live in a strange time. Do you feel a tension about that also? Do you feel like – uh, celebrating the country felt differently. I I wondered about it, but it seemed to be pretty normal ultimately uh, as far as the experience that we had. 888-528-2557 is the number for Southern California Live. Uh, the city of Orlando got in some trouble on that front. They put out in a newsletter uh, that they put out, a weekly newsletter, and it said that the four, may, many people may not want to celebrate the 4th of July this year because of the strife the country is in. 
It said a lot of people don't want to celebrate our nation right now, and we can't blame them. This is the city of Orlando saying this. Uh, When there is so much division, hate, and unrest, why on earth would you want to have a party celebrating any of it? Now, that, of course, uh, offended most people, and the city of Orlando issued this apology today. It said, we understand that these words offended some of our residents, probably most, probably, I think, almost all. Uh, except for the fact that there's probably only 12 people who read the newsletter from the city of Orlando. But in the the world we live in today, those things can get forwarded around quite a bit. Uh, we understand these words offended some of our residents, which was not our intent. We value the freedoms we have in this country and are thankful to the men and women who have fought and continue to fight for those. We take pride in celebrating the 4th of July to express our gratitude to those men and women and honor the country we live in. So a good apology. But uh, obviously somebody else wrote the second one, the apology, who did not write the first, probably. Uh, NPR decided not to read the Declaration of Independence, which they've done for 30 years. They decided not to do it. Um, You know, attacking our country, especially on July 4th, here's what I don't like about it. And just something to think about. And this this is a big problem with a lot of the way we go about criticizing institutions that sometimes deserve the criticism. We do this in the church, by the way. Maybe some of you are doing this with church, by the way, and not so much church, but you're doing it with God. Here's the point that I'm making. When we're attacking the country on July 4th, or we're doing something that really sort of attacks what this country is meant to be about, freedom, and we we rightfully will criticize uh, different things that have happened in our country or things that are going on now that need to be better, that's okay. But when we come to the point where we just where we want to tear down the country itself and we say it's not even worth celebrating the country, you have to ask yourself, well, what are you going to celebrate then? Which country? Which country in the world are you going to celebrate? Uh, and really name it. Let's name it. Let's name a country where you are, are more free. Well, you can say this country has uh, – some country might have nationalized health care and I like that. Really ask the people. Did you know that in some of those countries, most of those countries, they're now debating how to get back to some private health care but how to do that without – just making two different classes of people, because that's what happens. If you're wealthy, you can just purchase health care, and you don't have to worry about the insurance. You don't have to worry about the government. Um, that can happen in this country. In fact, we're headed that way now. That way now. You can get um, concierge care in this country, in the United States. Concierge care is you just pay cash if you've got the cash, and you can just walk right in and get it. You don't have to get insurance approval. You just pay the cash price, which, by the way, is dramatically less than the price Um for the regular services when you're just paying the cash price. There are doctors do that who you basically pay, instead of paying insurance premiums, you will just send an insurance premium right to your doctor's office, a couple hundred bucks a month, and anything they can do in the office is covered by that premium. And then you pay a cash price for things that they have to do outside of the office. Now, that can get really expensive if you've got to have a major surgery or you've got cancer care or other things like that. So some people can afford that, other people can't. That's happening around the world, and that's happening here. So we can criticize all of that, and we can be concerned about that. But to say that the United States should not be celebrated or freedom should not be celebrated or that maybe you just don't feel like it this year because you don't like some Supreme Court justices' decisions or whatever. It's like in the church if we decided, you know what, there's all these pastor uh, sex scandals, and there are. There's quite a few. Uh, Now, the thing is to keep in mind about that is that there are thousands and thousands of congregations and pastors out there. Most of them aren't involved in any of that. 
All right, but we we are in an age where we can highlight the few that are. But those are those are for real, and some of them have a much greater consequence because they're denominations or they're the Catholic Church, uh, which obviously is is huge. Southern Baptist Convention dealing with that, lots of different ones. It's a big deal. But here's the problem with the protest: it's like you're going to protest against the Bible or God because some people in the church did terrible things. It's like I'm going to be I'm offended by some of the evil things that some people in the church have done or church leaders have done or even denominations have done. So I'm going to boycott the Bible. And see, the problem is that's where the hope is. The hope is right there. Uh, there you know, if you're going to boycott the Bible, what does that mean? What that means is you're choosing another faith or you're deciding you didn't really have this faith. You know, where where is it? And if you're saying, well, the Bible's what led to all of that, no, you've been, you've been taught wrong. Read your Bible. Read the whole thing. Uh, there is no place in the Bible that condones the sexual abuse of people. It does not condone slavery. It speaks to slavery as a reality in certain circumstances that most of the world has been in, but it is never something that condones it as something that is good. It's always describing a world that needs saving, a world that is wrong. In fact, the, the path to getting past slavery, the past path to getting past a lot of these things is to love your neighbor as yourself. And so you have instructions for everybody to do that. And it puts everybody at the same level. See, when we're made in the image of God, when human beings are made in the image of God, then we have equality. We have a great equality. When human beings, in order to be saved, in order to have eternal life, are required to have faith in Jesus— Everybody's on the same page, whether you're rich or poor, whatever background you have. Faith in Jesus is how you get to go be with God. Faith in Jesus is how you get everlasting life. When you believe that he died on the cross for your sins, for your your guilt, your guilt is covered by Jesus. Your spiritual angst is covered by Jesus. Whatever culture you're in, whatever that sense is that you have spiritually that something's not right, the answer is it's right through Christ. So I would I would encourage you, if you're a person who is feeling like, you know what, I haven't been to church because the church has done some bad things, or I've been hurt in church, or I've seen these things on TV, and I'm just not interested in the church, don't protest the Bible because some church people have done some bad things. Find a church that believes the Bible is true and strives for the kingdom of God, because that's where the hope is. That's where the hope is. In our In our country, with all of these different things, you know, protesting against the on the 4th of July or the flag or some other stuff. I get it. There's things to be critical of. But the hope is there. If you if you get rid of that, then you have nothing. And this is something that we need to think a lot more about. i got to take a break. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. The number is 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 if you'd like to join our conversation. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you on this fine Tuesday afternoon. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join our conversation today. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join our conversation. You know, it's. Uh, I mentioned that I just moved to uh, L.A., so we've been doing a lot of work catching up on all of those different things when you move. And one of the things you got to do, right, is you got to you got to fix your bills. You got to change your bills and transfer all those accounts. And why is it that this is so complicated? Do you experience this? I call up 
I don't even want to mention which one it is. I'm going to mention one of them. Maybe not the brand, but we'll you know we'll figure that out. Uh, it's a cable company, right? Cable company is always the worst. But I'm going to start with somebody else. Is the cable company the worst? Every, any cable company. It's just part of the cable company creed, right? We're going to have terrible phone customer service. We're just going to do this badly. But another company I called, and I call them, and I'm hooking it up. And on the phone, it's great. It's happening really fast. And then they said, hey, we have a service that will allow you to uh, hook up all of your other bills. Have you done that yet? And I said, no. I thought, hey, this is great because this, you're the first one I've called. I haven't hooked up anybody else yet. They said, okay, fine. Well, we'll transfer you to them, and they'll help you all the way through. All right, so I get transferred. Somebody immediately picks it up. And I'm thinking, this is a great idea. I'm not going to have to make all these calls and go through all of this. And so we're talking, and that guy is very polite, gets my name, all of my information. We're going to help you get uh, all of your bills taken care of, this and that. And he asks, you know, for the gas company and the electric company, and he asks for the, the trash and all the different things you got to sign up for. And then he says, uh, cell phone company. And I said, why do you want to know that? And then I get a sales pitch for how – now this is – he's now – giving me a sales pitch for a cell phone company I've I've never heard of. You know, United Sticky Fingers Telecom or something. And so Sticky Fingers Telecom is going to give me all this discount and everything. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't want to know this. I just want to get my electric bill hooked up. That's all. That's really all I want to do. And uh, he, goes, he just goes on and on with this thing. And I said, look, I am not going to change my cell phone service in this call. There is nothing you're going to tell me. Even if you told me it's free, I will not change my cell phone service in this phone call. And then he hung up on me. He just hung up. He didn't even say goodbye. He said nothing. Like he went from Mr. Friendly Guy, super friendly, customer service oriented, and then he just hung up. Just And you could tell he was mad. You know, like we, we don't have the – it's harder to tell that somebody's mad when they hang up on you today. We have lost this in our society. We used to have the actual – physical phone. If you're old enough to have had like the physical phone with a cord on it, there was a certain amount of satisfaction you have when you slam down that receiver. Bam! You know, uh, not that you should do that, but you know, it was there and you could hear it on the other side. You're like, oh, I know that this person's upset with me, but this guy managed to get quite a click. It was, I don't know how to explain it, just a louder click, whatever button he had to press to hang up on me because I didn't want the lousy uh, cell phone service from a United Sticky Fingers telephone. So anyway, so then I call up a couple others and, you know, and I was dealing with the previous owners still have their account there. And it's like, well, don't people move all the time? Seems like this is a normal thing and dealing with that. And then one, I got this one where it's all the voice talk, right? So you have to, you can't even punch in numbers. You have to talk to it. You know, it says, please state your name. So it's Scott Furrow. Okay. I had to call this one 35 times because... This is what would happen. I would say, like, my zip code, you know, 90026 or whatever. It's not my zip code in case you're looking. All right, so 90026. You can't say O. Like, if they're really programmed well enough, the O doesn't matter. It's a letter, not a number, in case you weren't sure about that. So I call up, and uh, I give my zip code, 90026. And the voice says, I didn't understand that. Please tell me your zip code again. So I give it a second time. After the second one, I'm not kidding. It's programmed in there to say this. I'm having trouble understanding you. Goodbye. And then it hangs up on me. And there's no button to press. There's no way around this. So I call back and I'm just hitting zero. I'm hitting the star key. I'm hitting all this stuff. And all it says is, I'm having trouble understanding you. Click. Hangs up. There's an option on there right at the beginning. I can press one or two and it'll do it in Spanish. 
which I thought about doing even though I'm a moron and didn't take Spanish in school. I took French. There's no French option in this thing. There's zero. There's no button to press for French. I'm not kidding. I, I need to look. I, for sure, 15 calls before I got that thing to finally understand what I'm saying. And I'm sitting in my living room, nine, zero, zero, and I'm I'm just, and it repeats it back. So what's happening is it was repeating wrong. I'd say nine, zero, zero, two, six. And it would say, okay, what I heard was one, six, three, two, seven. No, what are you talking about? And I'm going, am I having a stroke and I'm slurring this and I don't know? What is, why do you not understand this? People must be calling all the time. That one was just very frustrating. Do you like the automated services that are out there? The phone call stuff, you know, it's generational, right? So if you are, if you are in the boomer generation, if you're over about 75, the studies say that you hate it, that you want to talk to a real person and when a computer answers the phone, you just hate that, which is it's frustrating because that's pretty much everywhere today, right? If you are, are younger than that, maybe between about 50 and 75, what they say is that you're okay with the automated system as long as the moment you get frustrated, you can press zero or press star and go talk to a real person. You just want the option. You're okay to use it, but you want the option. And I read this study one time on this that said people, though, who today would be about under 50 – they said they don't want to talk to a real person ever. They want to be able to go through the whole system and not to have to talk to a real person at all. And that study said that people consider it a personal defeat if they have to actually speak to a real person, that they feel, <laughs> is this you? Do you feel like that you're just some kind of a, you know, I'm a loser because I couldn't figure out the automated system. And you have to, in shame, press the star key or in shame say, I'd like to speak to an operator or whatever it is you have. Is that, do you feel shame for doing that? Do you have this frustration? 888-528-2557 if you want to join this conversation. So anyway, I finally got that worked out. Then came the cable company. I don't know what it is about the cable company, but it took days, hours, hours on the phone. They set me up in Texas. I'm not kidding. A completely different state. The first time I called up, it went pretty smoothly with the operator. But at the end of the call, he's trying to sell me on whatever cell phone service they have. What is it with the cell phone people out there? You know, I just want a, I just want a clear signal. I just don't want my calls to drop. That's that's what I care about mostly. And uh, so I I say the same kind of thing to this guy. You know, at the end of it, I said, hey, you know what? I'm really not going to be interested in changing my cell phone service. I might later. I made that mistake. I said, you know, I'm moving to a new part of town, and if my reception isn't very good where I live, then I'll probably be interested in changing, but I'm going to wait until I'm there to figure out, you know, how the reception is. Is that the right even word that we say reception for cell phone? It's not even a cell phone anymore. It's a digital phone, mobile phone. So he's real nice about it. He says, okay, that's fine. Then what he does is he gives me the name of his supervisor, and he says, if you change your mind and you want to get it, please call my supervisor. He says, I don't have a direct number. So if you call my supervisor, her name is Karen, and uh, naturally, and uh, she uh, will connect with me, and uh, you know, then we can set that up. Because he's getting some kind of commission right for this. Now, at some point during that call, I said, can I just go into your office and like set all this up and get my equipment and do all this myself? Because it's really not too hard just to plug a couple of things in. I'm a little bit savvy to this. I used to work for Circuit City, and I could hook up your TV. I, I know how this works. So he says, no, you can't. Okay. 
So I get it all set up, and he tells me that the equipment's going to be actually delivered on my move-in day, and it'll be there when I'm waiting, so everything's great. I'm thinking, that worked out pretty well. Well, of course, I get to the new place, and the stuff isn't there. So uh, the next day I call, and there's no record of any order whatsoever. None. Zero. There's not nothing. So nothing got done. So they transfer me then to somebody else who's going to set me up. I now spend the next two hours speaking to a cable company agent who can't figure out anything. And during this two hours, by the way, I cooked a four-pound tri-tip and some broccoli and uh, made some uh, garlic bread and uh, actually served dinner to my whole family. Uh, my wife is busy unpacking all the boxes and doing all that stuff. And we sat down at the table while I'm, I'm speaking to this person, which, by the way, I'm not on hold for two hours. I'm on hold intermittently. But she was not putting me on hold when she thought she was putting me on hold. And so I'm listening to her talk to her coworkers and not do anything. And she's claiming she's waiting for her computer to do something. She's giggling and doing other stuff and who knows what. And then comes back. This happens for almost two hours. And now I'm just mad. And then she find, and she keeps asking me, we're having to start over, over and over and over again. It was like, how many times do I have to say what town I'm living in? Like, you don't remember that part? And now I'm just getting really frustrated, and I'm trying to be nice to her. She's blaming her computer and blaming the system, and I've been that person before. I get it, and I'm just beginning to lose it. And then all of a sudden, I'm on hold, and then I'm picked up by a whole new operator. And I knew immediately I got sent back to the beginning of the line. And I told this guy all about my meal. And I said, I want you to write all this down. I cooked the tri-tip. I did all of this. I did all of this. And all I'm trying to do is hook up my cable. And, uh, and, and I said, I don't even want to talk to you. I know this isn't your fault. I want a supervisor. All right. So I go right to the supervisor. Sends me the supervisor. The supervisor sets me up in five minutes. Five minutes. Sets me up. Apologizes for all this. Now, during both of these guys that I talked to, the supervisor and the lady who had me on hold, and uh, <clears throat> took two hours of my time. With all of them, I asked the question, can I just go into the store and do this? Why do I? And they said, no. Even the supervisor said, absolutely not. You can't go in there. We have to have a transfer order. Then you can go in there and pick up your stuff. I said, I don't want you to mail it to me. I want you to pick up my stuff. Now, he sets me up. I'm feeling good about this. I go in the next day to pick up my stuff. You know what happens when I go into the store? No record of my order. Nothing. They had no idea. And I'm going, and I said, they told me I can't come in here and set all this up. And they said, that's not true. You can totally come in here and set this up. They're just trying to get credit for the sale. And I'm just losing my, now it's kind of funny. So I went over with this guy named Chad, all of my, uh, things that I was able to cook during the phone call the previous night and things like this. What is it? This isn't even the end of the story. I got to go to a commercial. But why why is this happening? Have you had this experience? Anyway, I just have to share this with you. You're my family. You're my friends. And I got to tell somebody you know, about this. 888-528-2557 is the number. This is Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, your host. I'll be back in just a moment. Don't go away. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow with you today on this fine Tuesday afternoon. 
I hope that you are doing well. Like I've been talking about, I'm a, a new resident in our, our town up here. been hooking up all the bills and having some problems with the, uh, the cable service, which I think is part of cable service. If you took the time to read your your agreement, you know, that thing you always scroll through and then you just click the box and you click save. Somewhere in there it says, we reserve the right to harass you while you're on the phone. And we will mess up your order multiple times. This is how we pay for all of our people. I think that's. I think it's a rule. It happens every time, right? 888-528-2557. If you want to join our conversation, uh, Joanne in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Yes, I have the same problem that you do with a lot of these people that put you on a machine. It goes around and around, and then something happens. They don't tell you which one you want. So you press one, and then they're like, it's a nightmare. Yeah, it is kind of a nightmare when you really need it and you're really frustrated, isn't it? Yes, you get so mad, and you, what do you do? If you're mean to them, they'll just do it worse. <laughs> they'll make make you pay for it. You know, they'll, they'll make you hold or whatever if you get upset. It's a nightmare. You know, it used to be that you could just press zero pretty much with any system, and you could go right to an operator, but I've noticed that they've removed that. I miss that so much, and I'm an older lady because I, you know, I mean, they used to have better service a long time ago. Now they don't care. Yeah, well, I'm sorry that you go through that, and I'm uh, going through it. I mean, if it means anything, I spent most of my time with the cable company with real people, and I would have rather had the machine. It was just as good. Uh, Thank you, Joanne, Mm -hmm. for your call, and hang in there with everything that you are doing. Uh, 888-528-2557. You know, it's a, uh, with older people, and when I, and I say that sort of liberally, right? We're all older than somebody, you know. There, I think there are different stages to to getting older. Um, and at some point, when we get older, this is something that we all have to try not to do. But I've noticed it's harder that we get off. You know, at some point, we get off the fashion train, right? At some point, guys, we just go out and we buy the green pants, and we don't care. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why that happens. It just does. I'm not there yet. I'm thankful to say. Um, but there's also, we get off the technology train at some point. It's like, okay, we figured this out and now we're done. And now we're sitting at home with a fax machine and no one's sending us anything. Um, you have to stay on board with it. It's, it's a hard thing to do. And if you're getting older and you're kind of frustrated, you know, if you want to talk with your grandkids and you want to talk with the younger people, you got to try to stay hip to, uh, how to communicate. Uh, and it's hard and it seems very unnecessary, but it's the way it is. We have... You know, Christy and I are a little bit older than other parents with a 10-year-old and a 13-year-old. But it benefits us because we have to stay on that technology train. Uh, I'm spending all kinds of time trying to figure out what in the world is a Chromebook and how does this work and why does my kid have one? You know, does it have Intel inside? What do you mean it doesn't have a big hard drive? How do you save your files? You can only connect with Google. What is this? You know, there's so many things I have to figure out. And i got to tell you, I mentioned before, I used to be a salesperson in all of this stuff. I was... I was the number three salesperson in the country for personal electronics for Circuit City. Not in the country, but on the West Coast, west of the Mississippi. They sent me to a full-blown banquet in my honor at the Ritz-Carlton Laguna Niguel, which is probably why that company's out of business, stuff like that. And today, I don't even know what a Chromebook is. Today, I go into Best Buy, and I'm like, where's the guy with the jacket? I need to understand what this stuff is. How do I plug in my TV? I'm not really that bad. I'm I'm catching up with it. Okay, all this to say, back to my cable story. So I've had all this trouble with the cable company. I finally go in there and they set me up. They take my old equipment. They give me my equipment. 
And uh, I, I, uh, one of the things I discovered when I went in there, so before the break, I told a story about how long I was on hold and how many times the cable company set me up and then it didn't work and all these different things. I discovered that not only was – they did have a record. They, they eventually found a record of my conversation. They said it was miles long, and I think that's because they probably transcribed my rant about the dinner that I made during the call and all the different things I had to say because I was kind of losing it. And I start when I get I don't I don't lose it too often. I'm like, I really don't. I've actually thought to myself, you know, maybe I need to have more anger in my life, you know, uh, righteous anger, not not sinful stuff. But whenever I do, I start to start to talk a little bit differently and I start to talk a little bit slowly and I start to say, hey, man, did you know that I made a complete tri tip during our conversation? And, you know. I bend the eyebrows down and get a little crazy. So I was at that point. I think they did that. Then I found out this. Here's what I found out. I found out that the account had been moved into another guy's name, some guy named Todd. I I figure if you're listening, maybe you heard Todd when I said Scott. It rhymes. But the last name was not anywhere near Furrow. It was Hightower or something like that. And I'm like, what is this? How can it even have a different name in there, a completely different name? cable company put in there and then i started thinking maybe some guy named todd has is stealing my cable has decided to do this and uh so let me ask you this question do you steal your cable it is stealing i'll tell you this story see i told you all that just so i can tell you this story i once had somebody working for me who might be listening to this and i love you man you know i'm going to tell this story i won't mention your name but he was a youth director, and I went over to his house, and he was doing an okay job, right? But I notice there's this wire going from his living room out his front door, and I walk out into the little patio. He had like an apartment, and I see the wire going into the neighbors right across. And I said, hey, are you, are you taking cable from the neighbor? And he goes, yeah, we split the bill. And I said, oh. <laughs> it, it didn't occur to him that I, at this point, was his boss, Right. And that maybe this was bad. And I said, you have kids who come over here and uh, do they notice this cable? Says, oh, yeah, they all laugh about it. I said, so the youth group is laughing about the fact that you're stealing cable. And I use that. I said, you're stealing cable from the neighbor. He goes, yeah. Now he understood he was in trouble. Now, I probably should have let him go, but I I didn't. Here's what I did. I just I said, we're going to talk about this later, but I need to think about it. I like to take people on uh, like little leadership trips once in a while to make a point, which I don't know if this is nice or not, but uh, he and I got in the car and I didn't tell him where we were going. And where we went was the Nixon Library in Yorba Linda. And uh, he knows I like presidential libraries and uh, I toured him all around. Nixon Library is great as far as those things go. I highly recommend it. And um, one of the things they do in the Nixon Library, or at least they used to, they might still do it with the redesign, but is this kind of bright and cheery at the beginning, and then it gets darker and darker. So as his star kind of rises, as he gets more and more powerful, more and more impressive, and and Richard Nixon, very impressive guy, except for he's got this problem of paranoia and the other stuff going on in the background, right? Uh, People in this country need to know if their president is a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Well, you know, maybe not, but uh, he might have been stealing cable if that was a thing. I wouldn't be surprised. So he... We go in there, we go through the library, and President Nixon's uh, buried up there with his wife. That's what happens. And uh, we sat down at a bench on Nixon's grave right in front of it, and we started talking about stealing cable. (laughs) 
And, uh, you know, if you're listening, man, you know you tell this story to this day about how your boss took you to Nixon's grave to tell you about character problems and how you can be you can be as good a youth director or as good a pastor or as good a boss in your job or whatever it is that you do. But if there's something in the background where you're doing something illegal or you're doing something that is morally wrong, it's going to catch up to you. It's, you know, it is going to be a problem and it doesn't matter if you're the youth director at my church or you are the president of the United States, it's coming out. That's what God does. He, the truth shall be revealed in your life. All this is to say is, uh, you know what, friends, how you doing? Uh, I've moved. I've got some things working. The cable's still not working. They're, they're sending out a technician and I think they're going to find out that somebody's stealing the cable that they said the signal's really weak. And it's probably because somebody in there, probably some guy named Todd, is uh, grabbing my cable now. Uh, how you doing on the ethical front? And I tell you this because when we look at our, our world today and we look at the leadership that is needed and the leadership that is lacking, uh, Christians especially, we have got an opportunity. We have an opportunity to be the light. We have the opportunity to show what is hopeful. We have the opportunity to not be the world. We have the opportunity to be the shining city on the hill, like for real. I know President Reagan likes to say that the United States is the shining city on the hill. Uh, it's a great analogy, but actually it's the church. Actually, it's the Christians, okay? It's the kingdom of God. That's who we represent. And so little ethical things in our life that we sometimes we say, ah, it doesn't really matter. You know, I used to, and I don't do this anymore because somebody confronted me about it. I used to go to the, you know, fast food place and I'd grab like a ton of napkins. And just so I'd keep them in my car, I used to keep them in my book bag while I'm going to school. And I mean, but I'm talking about a ton of napkins. I'm not talking about, you know, four or five extra ones in case I make a mess. I always do that because I'm always spilling on my shirts. Um, I used to take a bunch and I had them at home. They'd be on my counter at home and all this. And I never had to buy napkins. And somebody said, you know, you're stealing those. What? What do you mean I'm stealing those? And I, I had to fight that for a while, but I knew immediately he was right. But I'm stealing them. And, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, Wendy's or Jack in the Box, wherever I was getting them, you know, I, I now take fewer napkins than I need to. Uh, and I just make a mess of my shirts because I have to pay you back somehow. You know, I tried to give them back and they didn't want them. But uh, just be ethical, my friends. It really matters. It's part of leadership. And by the way, you're a leader. We're going to talk about this as we get to the next hour of our program. Where are the leaders? What makes a good leader? What are you looking for in a leader? It can be a political leader, but also in the workplace. But I'll give you a little clue. You are a leader to the people that God has placed in your life. You have influence. That's what a leader does. A leader has influence. Leadership is, I think it's John Maxwell. He says leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. I promise you that you have influence. And there are people in your life, your family, your coworkers, your classmates, people that you do life with, where you have influence one way or the other, whether you think you do or not. Some people have more influence than others. doesn't matter. You've got, don't worry about those people. Where is your influence? And how are you using it to glorify Christ? Uh, and what is the impact that could have at your workplace, in your family, other places? We'll talk about that as soon as we get back. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. It, this is the Tuesday edition of SoCal Live. Great to be with you today. 888-528-2557 is the number. Write it down. We'll be back in just a moment. Don't go away.
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.